We started What Elephant because we spent a lot of time over this last winter in our inflatable hot tub outside where we had these really deep conversations of like, you know, the, some of the biggest questions that we feel like nobody ever asks. Some of the issues people talk about, but most times like the real deep issues like, you know, does everyone get healed? Um, you know, what's the, what's the real cause, you know, what do real boundaries look like? Um, you know, things that can help people and some things will be controversial, but we want to just be open and honest and get everything out there. Cause I feel like we've gone through so much in the 14 years we've been married. Um, and it would be a shame if, you know, we didn't share some of our findings just from living life and, you know, seeing the lessons we've learned. I'm Kelly. I'm the middle child of seven children. Um, we moved all over the place. I think this past time moving was my 59th move. We moved around a lot because my dad was in the furniture business and um, wherever furniture was selling, that's where we would move to. And so any anywhere between Pennsylvania and Florida, and I went to 13 different schools, made me really good at conversations and being super friendly and, you know, making myself get out of uh, any comfort bubble that I might have been in. So I'm grateful for that. Um, I do all kinds of hobbies. Um, I can pretty much fix anything. I always say if there's a YouTube video, I can pretty much fix it. Um, make stuff from two by fours and turn it into tables and uh, two by sixes and, you know, all these different um fun things and I like to take pallets and make it into stuff and um, uh, that's what I spend my the majority of my time doing is making pallet furniture. I also homeschool our three boys. Yep, our three boys are 13. Our youngest, our middle child is 11. He's about to be 12 next month and our youngest child is six, about to be seven next month as well in April. Um, and, you know, my name is Colby Vanderbeek. I was raised in uh, rural Nebraska, a town of 3,600 people. Um, we were the biggest city within an hour and a half in any direction as well. So that gives you some perspective. Some of the surrounding towns were three to 500 people where my grandparents lived, which were 30 and 40 minutes away. And so grew up in a small town, um, northern Nebraska, you know, did a lot of uh, hunting, a lot of shooting, a lot of riding snowmobiles and Basically, my parents were also married 25 years before they split. They actually divorced right as I graduated high school, basically. Things started to fall apart a little bit there. And my senior year, I took a trip to Israel, um, missions trip to Israel. With um, It was one of those trips you sign up for with the power team. Like, they were going around. They're the team that does feats of strength and stuff at churches and schools, assemblies, stuff like that, and then gives their message. They were going around saying, hey, if you want to come with us, pay for this trip to go to Israel. I decided to, um, I actually sold my muscle car to go, um, went, uh, there and just happenstance that Kelly went there, um, as well, um, with, from, from South Carolina. So all these different random people were meeting up to go with the power team, the big core group. And that's how her and I met. We um, met in New York city. And so they had come through Hilton Head Island which is where I was living at the time. 
and um, my senior year of high school on Hilton Head Island um, with my best friend. And um, I was 19, you know, went from having, living in a box boundary-wise and, um, and, and, you know, being raised, you know, with no TV, uh, no internet, no phone, um, no outside communication at all, um, other than the radio, to living on my own at 19 with my best friend on an island. Um, and a whole lot of bad things happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I really was just in a very lost place. And, um, you know, I was so incredibly hurt in such a bad place mentally um, that I, I just started, I just drank. And I drank a lot, all the time. And, you know, sm smoking pot and, you know just doing the normal 19 year old living all by yourself and uh <laughs> and I was I was kind of the opposite like I grew up I didn't really even when I wasn't like running after God I was just you know would you know go around with my friends and just you know you know just be kind of we'd all goof off and get into trouble like not big trouble just like doing stupid stuff at school and um you know, cussing and, you know, doing stupid, just doing stupid stuff. I never drank and smoked because I was never tempted in that way. I just don't know why, but I never tried it. Um, my friends got into that, but I never, ever did. And about the time they're getting into that, I actually, you know, I, my junior year is when I really got on fire for God. Like I went to prom with a girl, lost my virginity to that girl. And, you know, just God really just, I just felt despair because like I had gotten saved at all these you know, gone to these youth conventions as a kid, you know, part of the Assemblies of God in church. My mom was on the worship team. My dad sometimes sang too. And uh, just really just the church never really related anything to us kids. Like just it felt very dead, uh, very, you know, not not something usable for, for us. And, you know, and the church truly, Truth be told, the church had a lot to do with driving my parents apart. You know, instead of trying to bring them together with what they went through, it really, it was very divisive. There were sides taken and things like that. So it just, I just didn't really appreciate the church that much, but in that small town. Um, but uh, I, my junior year, I really was in a, after that, junior, senior, I was in a very good spiritual place. Like just God was my sole focus. I had let go of bad habits and porn addictions and things like that. Um, and, uh, and so, and I was actually dating a girl after that and, it, you know, no sexual contact or anything like that. I was just dating her. And, you know, right before this trip to Israel, you know, I just was convicted and, you know, what is my goal in dating this girl? Is this someone I want to marry? Why am I dating this girl? And it just felt like, I didn't want to marry her. So what was the point of dating her? So I broke up with her near Valentine's day, actually February, you know, of 20, 2005. And one of the two things I prayed for going to Israel was, uh, you know, to not necessarily in Israel, it had to happen, but I prayed that, you know, one of the things I did pray for to happen on my trip to Israel is that I could help somebody. And the number two thing in general, I was praying is that God bring me someone I can live a life with uh, that, you know, that I can live the rest of my life with uh, a true love, you know, someone I can marry. 
And that didn't necessarily have to happen in Israel, but that was just something I was praying. So that's when we went to Israel. So um, we met in in uh, New York City, not in a good place in my head. So, you know, my goal going to Israel was how many guys could I sleep with? You know, that's, that's where my brain was. Um, it was a fun trip. Not, I, it, I had not put any weight on, uh, you know, going there to experience what Jesus experienced. And, um, and I, I would definitely, uh, you know, say I was not saved. Like I had, you know, actually said, you know, that I reverse, you know, the, the covenant that I had made. Um, you know, as a teenager, um, I had said, I don't want to have anything to do with that because, you know, if there, if people in my life that have said that they were Christians, um, if I could watch them treat others so awful and then they said that they were Christians, I just couldn't, I just was like, you know, I knew the Bible verse that talked about, you know, if you're, you know, lukewarm, then I'll spit you out of my mouth. And I was just like, um, well, um, I guess I'm hot then. And, uh, and I'm going to be happy in my hotness. And, uh, and so I just was like, I don't want to have anything to do with God. Um, I just completely turned my back on, on faith. Um, just, I just was in such a broken place and, um, going to Israel, but at the same time, like it was a vacation. So, you know, it was the end of my senior year, you know, um, you know, we'd be getting back from the trip and graduating, um, high school. So, um, I was, you know, I was just like, yeah, let's do it. It's gonna be fun. And, um, so we get to New York city and, um, and Colby was with a, his church group and he was the only young guy with his church group. And that was sitting at the terminal, like in, I actually, when we were walking up to the food court before we went to the terminal, that's when I first saw, I didn't know Kelly was part of our group. And I saw her sitting a few tables away, like facing away. I just saw the back of her hair and I was just like immediately like a magnet. Like I was like, who is that? Like. It was just unexplainable. And then we went to the terminal and I watched her standing by the window. And I was just like, I was really shy. So I was not outgoing at all um, with girls. Um, and I looked over and Kelly's like, hey, you. Like, points at me. And I'm like, uh, yeah. You, come here. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's when we first got introduced to each other. And then we flew to, uh, we flew from New York City to Frankfurt, Germany. And when we were flying, it was at night, right when a snowstorm was happening. So they de-iced the plane, we took off, and we got to see the Northern Lights. And I was sitting next to this big guy named Willie Rains on the power team, and he was massive. And I weighed a buck 65. <laughs> uh, buck 55, probably. And, like, just the dude was taking all the armrests, and I was, like, pigeonholed in the window seat corner. <laughs> and just like, what the heck, man? Um, it was like a 12, uh, I think an eight hour flight. It was a long flight. Um, and, but, you know, I remember him moving to talk to someone else for a while. And then Kelly came back and we looked at the Northern lights together. Like, Oh, that's cool. Just shooting the breeze. And then, um, you know, we definitely did not have any feelings for each other when we first, well, I, I actually was just very attracted to her from the get go just before I ever talked to her. But I I did Um, not, I was, it was not like that for me. Yeah. Um, It wasn't like that for her. Um, but, uh, do you want me to talk about how we 
Sure. That whole thing. Okay. Um, so, okay, we got to, we get to Israel. We'd been touring a bunch and her and I sat together on the bus, you know, and just were talking, get to know each other. Um, just topical stuff like, Hey, I live in here, this nothing deep, just topical. And, um, we were getting back from this tour of wherever, maybe the, the Masada Jaffa. or Jaffa, Jaffa maybe. Yeah. And we were staying in condos, all the, the whole group was staying in condos on the Sea of Galilee. And there was going to be a bonfire that night and we agreed to meet up and go together. Well, she's like, well, I'll just come to your room, like, or come knock on your door and then we'll go together. I was like, okay. But we were on the bus first. Um, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, in my head, um, you know, getting ready to go, um, and meet Colby and then go to the bonfire that we were like the communal bonfire bonfire that all the tourists were going to go and be at. Um, you know, in my head, I was, I was thinking to myself, like, um, I had on a very short mini skirt and, um, and I was just like, I'm, I'm going to go have sex with him and you know, that, that'll be the end of it. And, um, and then at the exact time that I was walking down, um, the long, um, well, it first started on the bus, like, so on the bus, what we got before it was still daylight at the bus. And I looked over at her, and she was sitting at the window seat. And immediately, like, this cloud of gloom, like, just this severe depression came over me. And I, at the time, I wasn't depressed at all. And it would just hit me out of the blue. Just looked at her, and then the just cloud fell. And I was like, what the heck? Like, just despair. When I looked at her looking out the window, and she didn't even really look sad. I mean, maybe a little bit, but just sad. So I, when I went to my room to get ready... I laid on the bed and I said, God, what is this? Like, cause it's just a very good place spiritually at that time. And, uh, and I just laid, you know, looking at the ceiling, like no one else was in the room. I was staying with another pastor from like Illinois. He wasn't there yet. Um, and I just say, God, what is this? You know, why am I depressed? And tears just start streaming out of my eyes and just like, and I was like, what is this? Like, why am I like this? And God said, this is the feeling she feels going from guy to guy, never fulfilled this is I'm giving you the feeling she feels inside and then also she's waiting for someone else to start on fire when she's supposed to be the spark and it just like was clear as day it wasn't audible obviously you know but it was clear in my heart like what exactly and God wanted me to tell her and I was like God you want me to go now he said no wait and then I in my mind I imagined her walking around the corner of this little walkway to my condo um, that I was staying in and like, I felt like a God said, okay, go now. So I got up and went out. And I, as soon as I turned the corner, just as I saw it in my mind, there she was walking down the sidewalk. And she's like, I was wearing shorts at the time. So she looked down like, Hey, it was a little chilly. It was March in uh, Israel. So it got a little chilly. And she's like, Hey, you're wearing shorts. It's going to be cold tonight. You know, should we go back to your room and have you put on, like, you want to put on pants? And I was like, yeah, we can. So we start walking back to the room and I was like, you know what? And I was just trembling at this point. I'm like, do you believe God talks to people? Like, cause at this time, point, I didn't know where she stood spiritually or if she was even saved, like, honestly. And, uh, and she said, yeah. And then I proceeded to tell her like, Hey, you, and do you want to tell this part? Yeah. So, um, he was like, you know, he, he proceeded to tell me everything, like everything I had ever been through, you know, all of the heartache and the pain 
and how I had used, you know, men to fill the hole that I had inside of me, um, that, you know, that only God could fill. And, um, and I, amen, I, I got up and I looked at him and I was like, and, and he said, he was like, you know, I had to tell you this, even if you never talk to me again, he was like, I, I will understand. And this was all while sitting on this little retaining wall overlooking the Sea of Galilee at night on a clear night. Like it was gorgeous. Yeah. Like we talked in front of our condo, but then we walked to like, as we were talking, we were walking a hundred feet to this embankment and sat and we looked it up to a, a black sea of, of yeah. the Sea of Galilee. It was With really the cool. lights twinkling from across the, yeah, you could see the city. Of... I looked down at him and I stood up and was just like furious. I mean, like the rage inside, who do you think you are? How dare you like act like you know me? And, um, and I was just, I mean, I was just full of rage and, um, you hit it well. Cause I couldn't tell you were mad. Oh like man. Furious. <laughs> I was just shaking from anger and just like, who do you think you are? And I, I got up and I was like, you're right. I will never speak to you again. And, um, and then I just walked away and I went and I s- sat down at the bonfire and somebody was playing the guitar across the way. And I just like sat there and I just stared into the fire and it was like, it was like every wall I had built around my heart, all those walls that I had, I thought that I had put up to protect myself, they all came down and it was just like an absolute, uncontrollably crying, just weeping and just being like, oh my word, God, I surrender. Like, I was like, this is a total stranger. We didn't talk about anything in depth no other one, than topical where yeah, they're from. Yeah, I mean like. Like what they enjoyed doing, like nothing of this sort was talked about between either of us. Yeah, I mean like no, my my sister didn't tell him, my brother didn't tell him, like it, I knew that there was no way that he would have known that information about me without God telling him. And the confirmation for me was too, is that she had had a prophetic word when she was a kid. Sorry. No, Von Clark. Von Clark. Clark. Okay. And he said what specifically and when? And he, he said that I was going to be the spark. Yeah. And And she had told me this like after, and I was like, Holy smokes. Cause at first, like I was like, God, this is you. I really hope this is you because like, I'm going to ruin any chance I have with this girl (laughs) over this. So, um, but it was just a confirmation. Like God told me exactly what someone else had said about her in a different time. She'd never told me about it. Like, you know, just confirmation. So as I like stared into the fire and my walls came down and I completely broke and I surrendered to God and whatever he had for my life. Then we went I to... went back to Colby and was I found him. I think he was I don't this even was know on where the, were you? I well, don't even remember. This was we had moved from the Sea of Galilee to the Novotel Hotel in Israel, in Jerusalem. And we you and your sister and your sister's friend Erica we're staying in a hotel room. I was in the hotel room with the pastor in another room. Right. And there was all these rooms had balconies. So we went up there, not alone. Her sister and her her friend were in the in the room as well. Her and I went out on the balcony overlooking. It was night. We're overlooking all of Jerusalem. 
and we had then we went into more life stories about what we'd been through and things like that. My testimony, uh, I think I started my testimony when we first did that um, on the Sea of Galilee after I prophesied what God told me to say. Um, and then I told her my testimony, and then um, but we just talked more in depth. And then we got done talking on the Novotel Hotel, just overlooking all Jerusalem. And, you know, I asked her, I was like, do you want to recommit your life to Christ? Like right here. Yeah. And then we did. Yeah, and absolutely. And then we prayed together and it was, it was awesome. And the, the, after I, I recommitted my life toward, to Christ, um, I completely fell in love with Colby. I mean, like head over heels, like, let's just go get married. Let's find a courtroom. Like, now. Like, I mean, it was, like, it was the craziest thing because previous to that, um, I I was, you know, I, I was sleeping with two different people in Hilton Head, you know. I was, my life was a mess. Like, I was drinking every night, you know. I was smoking pot every chance I got. I was just so broken and using all these different people to fill that broken part in me. And, um, I, it was, it was like, it was like someone snapped their fingers. When I gave my heart to God and I completely surrendered to his will for my life, it was like, God was like, he's the one for you. And that, that's it. And so I think on that balcony, we'd only known each other for maybe three days well the trip was the whole trip was 10 days so we'd only known each other less than 10 days yeah um, like maybe like eight five, days or something five or five to eight I days think something like and that was near the end of the trip i forget um, and I, and i was like um i think that we're supposed to get married <laughs> and he was like I think so too. <laughs> yeah, I basically knew it as soon. Like the weirdest thing is, like I felt like I knew it when I saw her on the balcony in New York. Like, I maybe like that's when Love I was head over heels. Sight. But like <laughs> after just that trip, I was just like, "Holy smokes! Like that's awesome! Like never felt anything like this about anyone else in my life." Like, and just I got to. But the two prayers I'd asked was to help someone, which God used that to give me a word to help someone that I knew nothing about, um, nothing in depth. And then also, um, got to meet the love of my life, like on the same trip, which just so happened to happen on the same trip. Like it just, it was crazy. She came out to visit me for my graduation. I came out to visit her for her graduation, which was like a week later. Um, and then I think I went back to Nebraska and, really prayed about what God wanted me to do. I wasn't at peace with going to college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't want to throw money at college and not know what I want to do just for the sake of checking off a box. Hey, I'm in college, you know, and have a bunch of student loan debt, not, you know, going anywhere. And, uh, so I prayed and prayed and prayed, you know, God, you know, I had an opportunity to work for her dad out here in North Carolina at the time, try on North Carolina and, uh, prayed about it. There was a message at church that completely coincided and gave me peace about taking that step of faith. And I did. And we worked and lived, I lived in her basement, which probably wasn't the best thing because there was a lot of temptation there. One thing led to another. And, you know, we did have premarital sex. Let's just come out and say it. This is the mammoth in the room. We're supposed to be open and honest about everything. (laughs) Um, but, uh, you know, the, uh, so, um, well, most of that was, um, you know, I, 
I was worried that I couldn't get pregnant. And so I was afraid that I wasn't even capable of conceiving. And so I wanted to be sure that, you know, I could get pregnant. And I knew better, like, to not have sex before marriage. But the one of the things that we'll talk about in later episodes is boundaries. But, you know, I should have probably never lived in their basement in, you know, <laughs> in a few one stairway distance from the woman I was madly in love with. That's just common sense. We dated, we got married, um, we got pregnant a few months prior to our marriage um, with our first son, Nehemiah. I was two months pregnant when right. we got married. We got probably pregnant in January, or probably December of 2005, married in February 25th of 2006. And uh, it was tough, like we worked, you know, I worked odd jobs, like just really, that was probably something I could have done better. Uh, just have more of a plan financially. You know, we just started with the clothes on our backs. We really did. I mean, like, like our first year of marriage, we tough. made $10,000. Maybe less, honestly. Like, it was really tough. Like You know, we didn't know about WIC. We didn't know about, like... Yeah, we didn't have WIC for, like, a couple of years. Like, this whole time we could have been <laughs> having WIC and stuff. Like... <laughs> But, um, like, we no, didn't know. I mean, we were, we were like, no, wear, no welfare, no wick, no nothing. No nothing. Man. Cause we didn't know about it. Like yeah. no one told us. But God supply, man. We, we he never did. were late we on rent one time. Rent. We didn't miss rent. Not, um, not in 14 years yep. of marriage have we ever missed rent. It just, you know, we, I remember in the old duplex we rented sometimes just sitting on the, the chair at night what do you got like just what we overcame was crazy like just to now like we're making more money than we're made now uh just year after year after year god's been good 